Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum. We're both from Marketing Guys, a MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. Uh, this time it's Mark van Horek, that's me, that is doing the interviewing uh, because Elias did that the last episode. And um, in this episode, I'm going to interview Elias. Elias, we're going to have, talk about this time, we're going to talk about how to close deals faster. And in this um, uh, session, we're approaching the bottom of the funnel. So you've got several tips about how to, well, how to close deals faster. Absolutely. So, Absolutely, Mark. So uh, thanks for uh, for uh, you uh, interviewing me this time, because usually it's the other way around, or uh, I interview some other people. But um, I, I'm I'm happy to share some tips on the bottom of the funnel in this revenue or B2B revenue marketing series. We have uh, shared a lot of tips already, so we're almost at the end of the series, and in this uh, this episode, we're kind of focus on getting those deals signed faster. So it's a sales approach or a sales session, I might say. But let me start by, um, by first of all, um, uh, let's uh, reacting on, on what you were saying there on the bottom of the funnel. And, and I, yes, I fully agree there. Um, we should, if you want to close deals faster, sh you should focus on the bottom of the funnel leads. So we have top, middle and bottom of funnel leads. MQLs and SQLs, but too often I see a lot of salespeople focusing on those top and middle of funnel leads. People have downloaded something, are still in the awareness phase um, uh, or the interest phase in the AIDA model. Uh, but you know, as sales, you should be focusing on those bottom of the funnel leads. And to create those bottom of the funnel leads, you should really think about lead nurturing being a joint effort between marketing and sales as a revenue team. We spoke about that earlier. Um, one of the earlier episodes on lead nurturing um, is about this revenue team as well. So go, if you haven't heard that, you know, go 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 back a couple of sessions and and listen to that episode. But to really have proactive lead nurturing you need to think as a revenue team marketing and sales together so focusing on the part of of the behavior of leads prospects that is really identifying when they are ready to buy um, too too often we see lead nurturing flows for the top of the funnel that are generating leads to be followed up by sales you know if you're having a lead nurturing process um, that that is helping you to close those deals faster. You should really focus on behavior in the customer journey that is indicating indicating that people are ready to buy from you. So that's one of the first tips. You know, focus on that bottom of the funnel and use your lead lead nurturing process as a revenue team. Yes, and if you want to to deal uh, close deals faster, you really have to focus on the, the important stuff because if you're focusing on, on the top of the funnel, they are not ready for you. So you're actually wasting your time. And uh, I think also that um, marketing should also help sales not to focus on that group. Wouldn't you Absolutely. agree? Absolutely. 
Absolutely, because um, I spoke about this earlier in um, one of the first episodes of this series. It's the one that uh, is named How to Say No to Misfits. I had an interview with uh, Scott Ingram, and he's the host of the Sales Success Stories podcast. Um, as marketing and sales, you know, you should really try to qualify leads in an early stage. And as marketing, you should help sales to focus indeed on those sales that are ready to buy. Um, so say say hi, say no to, to misfits earlier means that you need to qualify within your marketing approach earlier rather than later. Because if you get leads out, sent out to sales that are not ready to approach, to be approached, that's going to be a lot of frustration. That's going to lead to frustration both in your sales team and on the customer end. Um, yeah. if, you, if you get those leads, and that's the next step, tip, um, if you get those leads over to sales, use the band principle. Um, a lot of salespeople are familiar with it, the budget, authority, need, and time frame approach in which you really measure and, and qualify if they can be accepted by sales. And if you want to qualify those leads and want to close that deal faster, you should focus on the T in band, so in the time frame. So especially in B2B, uh, the sales cycle can be long, anywhere from, from a week or a month to up to two years, I, I usually say. Um, but if you want to close those deals fast, you should focus on the ones with the shorter time horizon. So focus on the T in the band approach. Um, Elias, I, I would like to go back. We, you're, you're talking about the revenue team, and I, in when you interviewed me for the the lead nurturing fork, I also had talked about the revenue team. That's something that we get because we live the revenue team. But can you go a little bit deeper in, and why is this revenue team approach so important? Why will that help you close deals faster? So absolutely, because if you're having two silos, two departments as marketing and sales, and you're not talking to each other, you don't have as well, you can refer to it as a service level agreement or some kind of agreement or understanding between the two departments uh, that together you qualify your leads, you're never going to be able to hand over the leads that are sufficient enough for sales to engage with. So what that leads to in a lot of cases is that marketing is complaining that sales is not following up the leads well enough. And sales is complaining that the leads they get are not good enough. So that's the traditional B2B complaining situation. Whereas if you're a revenue team and both focused on revenue rather than marketing being focused on getting as many leads over as possible to sales and sales is focused on, let's say, making as many appointments as possible, uh, making doing as, as many as demos as possible, et cetera, and closing as many as deals as possible. You don't have a joint KPI or joint goal. I'm very much in favor of having a joint goal. So if you as a marketer have the same goal as your sales colleague being it could be like generating X number of revenue or X number of leads with a specific revenue target tied to it. That really helps you to get everything aligned between the two 
departments, and then you're working as a revenue team. Yes, great. And, and, and just one sidestep, just to, I want to hear your opinion on it, maybe. Do you think that the sales and the marketing departments that is really seen as two different worlds will eventually merge into one revenue department? Do you think that that will be the case in the future? or in some companies? Well, at, at least in some companies, it already is happening. Um, in a lot of American companies, there is a, a, a chief revenue officer that both is responsible for marketing and sales. Um, a lot of companies also use a chief revenue officer more for a sales. That's not the one I'm talking about. I mean that the chief revenue should be responsible for both marketing and sales. I really think that marketers are going to be focused on revenue more often in the future uh, than they are now. Absolutely. So um, I do think that sales and marketing people are different DNAs, so to say. So salespeople have different behavior than marketers. Um, and it's, you know, that's why they are salespeople. That's why they are marketing professionals. Um, but I do think that they are going to have similar goals. To work together so um, it could be one department it could be an arrangement between two departments but the, the main thing i see happening here is that they should have at least similar or the same goals that's the most important thing because you know people are different marketing people are different from salespeople. you know for my part they don't have to be on the same de same department sitting around on the same desk etc uh, because there are different people, but at least they should be aligned in their goal setting, and not don't don't focus uh, with your marketing team on getting as many SQLs or MQLs produced by your team and by by sales just to follow them up. Make sure that marketing and sales have the same revenue goals. Yes, I absolutely agree. I think it's a it's it should be like a yin and yang eh? that that, that there are two different worlds, but they're uh, they are they're very symbiotic Absolutely. and they and well that's the whole reason why we are doing this <laughs> this as part of the revenue marketing podcast series Absolutely. okay okay um i would like to uh, go to another thing and 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 that's because i recently i i you've you've that was the first episode if i'm correct you uh, is a a podcast with scott ingram and you were also on his podcast with a with a sales tip and i thought that was a very great tip and maybe you can elaborate more on that that's absolutely. by using video in your quotes yeah absolutely so that's the next step so I, I talked about you know focusing on that bottom of the funnel make sure you have your lead nurturing right next step when you're talking to a customer and you're sending out a proposal make sure you're doing a couple of things make sure you have electronic proposal software. There is plenty of software available. Uh, my favorites uh, include like Panda Docs or Quote Roller. Uh, um, Adobe uh, has, has a, a proposal suite as well. Uh, there's great software around, but do make sure you use electronic proposal software with digital signing included. So that, first of all, gives you a great opportunity to send out a beautiful proposal in a fast way because you can template a lot. So you can, you can stand out from the competition, make sure you have a great, absolutely stunning, 
nice proposal to the point include digital signing so they can sign off individually but the great thing other thing about it is that you have anal analytics insights so you get an email once the proposal is opened you can see who has watched what part of the proposal so um, when you send out a proposal uh, you you'll know when it's opened you'll see how long they have looked at your pricing page about your a look at your introduction uh, you can see if they looked at your references if that's a section etc so those analytics it, that analytical insights are so important for salespeople to have to be able to follow up because if you're sending out a traditional proposal or just a pdf you never know if they are read by someone when they're read etc so use that info in your follow-up the next thing and that's what you were referring to when i had a chat about um, in Scott Ingram's podcast. It's actually, it's a daily sales tips by Scott Ingram. So um, it's on, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, et cetera. Um, daily sales tips from the beginning of February, I shared a tip. It's on video, using video in, in that proposal state. So if you're using electronic proposal software, you can include a video. So, um, and I'm very much in favor of using video both in proposals but also in following up of the lead so pre pre proposal stage so sending out a video so what i'm usually doing here and i would advise all b2b salespeople if they want to close faster include a video that in your proposal that actually enables you to explain how your proposal came to what it is and explains why you are using a specific solution or whatsoever in your proposal. The nice thing that it does, it, it's actually helping you to keep that excitement that you had with a customer during the call before the proposal, during the proposal. In your B2B uh, sales cycle, you'll, you'll have to deal with a decision-making unit of seven to nine people it's never that person alone that you spoke to. They're going to forward it, and you'll see that they forwarded it in the statistics of your video uh, and in the statistics of your proposal software. Um, but it will enable you to get in front of those other people without even having spoken to them and share the excitement that you have. So they will see how excited you are. They will see that you're knowledgeable. They will see that you're actually a person they can trust in that video without you having to reach out to all that seven people, they will be able to share that, that, uh, that excitement and your uh, knowledge about the topic. So yes, use video in following up of leads, use it in your proposal states. For us, it meant that we had an increase of 18% in acceptance of proposals. So that's, that's an immense increase of uh, acceptance. Um, and that's, that, 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 those were a few tips that I could share there. So on, on electronic proposals, video, digital signing, we talked about nurturing. Um, um, when you're talking to a prospect, if you want to have close that deal faster, you also have to include some stuff in your sales uh, talks or, or discussions that you have with a customer, right? So um, you, you'll, you'll recognize this when you're in sales, but a lot of um, buyers, a lot of prospects will have, as I refer to, as I will refer to as, as, as improper arguments. They, they don't, they are 
some giving some kind of argument why they are not, let's say, accepting your offer yet. So use a very simple trick there. Use a what if question. Um, as long as your what if questions get answered by other questions, you know that they are not proper arguments. So if someone uh, is looking at your proposal and says, you know, uh, and they, 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 they start giving an arguments like, is this, uh, is this uh, solution the right one for us? Um, or, um, you know, if they start going to talk, if just start going into pricing um, and they ask for a discount, just ask them a what if question. You know, if I would give you 10% discount, would I get the order signed by you today? It's a very simple one, but if it's not a proper argument, they will ask a next question. They will say, yeah, 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 but I will still have to talk to my manager or I would still need to compare this. Okay, so what if a compare, if we made that comparison for you and it shows that we have the best solution, would we have your acceptance then? So ask what if questions in that sales cycle. Um, another tip that I can share for the conversation, the sales conversation, is to create urgency within that sales cycle. We all know that um, prospects tend to postpone their um, their decisions. They want to think about it, etc. Um, and you really have to create an urgency there. So one of the th- ways you could do that is to visualize a backwards planning. So if you if your prospect asks you or and and says you know we have to think about it etc you know make sure you proactively share a backwards planning. So if you're gonna buy this software solution from us, we'll have an implementation that takes up to eight weeks um, before we're effective and you're seeing results. It will probably be sixteen weeks, um, and. So if we would start to work on your solution now, if we would get the order today, it would take 16 weeks for us to, for you to see the first results. If you wait for four weeks, it will be 20 weeks. We'll be in summer. We'll take it over, over the holidays. And you, you, know, you all know we're not going to be able to get what we want to get this year. So create a backwards planning to create urgency at that prospect, you know, with that prospect. You could also try to create scarcity. You know, you have scarcity in resources. Um, you know, we, we, we are very much willing to accept your order. We, especially if you're in, let's say, manufacturing or B2B services or financial services, you could just create scarcity and say, hey, we have a limited production uh, facility we have limited resources that can work on your project whatsoever. Um, we, if, if you would like to be up and running within 16 weeks, we need to get your order by now. Otherwise, you'll have to wait four more weeks or whatsoever. You know, it's, it's like you can, you, you just, that will really help you to get that order faster. You know, create urgency and create scarcity. Well, these are very, very helpful tips. I'm, I'm, I was actually thinking, and I'm, I w- I'm curious about your take on this, Elias. The what if thing. Yep. Would that would that be would that be uh, 
interesting? Would it be useful for this whole process? Would it be useful to incorporate that in the content that you're being using in your lead nurturing part? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because a what if statement could actually be a branching in a lead nurturing flow. So what I mean by that is um, you're, you might not be able to ask the what if question in an email, but you can track behavior and see what how people are reacting to specific content that you're sharing. So if you're sending out a, a, a lead nurturing email, for example, and some people click on specific topics, that could you could answer that by giving them a couple of options in a branch in your email flow. So if they if they uh, click on this, you might give them that or A, B or A, B, C or whatsoever. Yeah, so those what if questions are really important within these conversations. You, you could use it within sales uh, and lead nurturing flows as well. But you really, you know, it's a simple trick. It's a basic thing you learn in sales, and but a lot of salespeople forget about it. Just to avoid improper arguments. You you all know this, right? You, you'll, you'll, you'll recognize this, Mark. You walk into a store, um, men are good at this. You'll walk into a store, let, let's look at Best Buy, a media market or whatsoever. You'll, you're, you're, you're being approached by a sales guy. Can I help you today? Your answer most likely will be um, looking around. I'm just looking around. I'll contact you. What you know, that's that's a natural answer, and that's the same way people react in B2B. They will give some kind of an answer just to avoid <laughs> to say yes to you. And it's it's natural behavior. They they you're not gonna walk into that store and say, Yes, I want to buy a TV, where can I sign? You 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 want to be helped there. And so a, a, in B2B, a what if question is very very important. So if someone comes to you in the, in in, in, a, in a sales uh, conversation and you think that what they're saying might be an improper argument, just ask a what-if question. It's very simple. And if they answer with another question, another what-if question. What if we get that problem solved? Do we get your acceptance or your signature that? It's it's a what-if question. Yeah, I think that's it's. these are great takeaways. And I've, another takeaway that I, uh, I'm thinking about is Talking about the revenue team, talking about that sales and marketing are working uh, very closely as a yeah, like a hero team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be great if salespeople would share this kind of information with the marketing team, and that the marketing team incorporates these these tactics and so in in their content and in their uh, in their messaging. So that it indeed it will help them qualify, because that's the whole purpose of of the whole lead nurturing part is to qualify so that you get the right people in front of your sales colleagues, and if you could use these kind of well, tactics uh, in in an earlier stage, you might be qualifying in a much earlier stage and and really getting the right people. Uh, to your to your sales colleagues. Well, Elias, I think uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought we were ready, but but I have two more tips. Oh, two more tips, two more important tips, and they're very short. Um, but they are 
very important. I would say almost the most important tips that I have. One, one of the last tips that I have is because you haven't heard me talking about discounting, right? All the tips that I gave did not include any discounting. Um, so if you want to get that deal in and you're going to give a discount, always ask something in exchange. What I mean by that is if you give a discount, you ask for another benefit. It could be the customer appearing in a reference case. It could be different payment terms. So instead of paying monthly, you'll pay annually upfront. Um, it could be uh, a nice reference about uh, us on the website. It, so never give a discount without anything asking in exchange. You could also ask to take something out. So if you want a discount and you're asking me a discount as a sales guy, my question could be, what is it that you don't want in the offer? What, what do you want me to take out? That could be an answer as well, right? So, and if they don't want anything out, why, why would I consider a discount then? So that's the only thing I want to say about discount because I'm not too, too much in favor of giving discounts to get the order faster. But the very most important, and that's the last thing I'll share, and the, I, I would say the best tip on this one is to just ask for the deal. A lot of people, salespeople forget about it, but you have to ask for the deal. Ask for it in your conversation. Ask for a signature. When do I get your signature? Can we get acceptance, et cetera? Ask for that deal. Ask for the business because, you know, a lot of salespeople end a conversation in sales by just saying, hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll contact you. And the customer thinks, you know, don't, don't contact us. We'll, we'll contact you, et cetera. You know, you want to know what you are up to after that conversation. So I've talked to a lot of salespeople and I've coached a lot of salespeople. I asked them after they hung up, when do you think they will sign? Um, I think this and this and this. I said, well, you know, don't think, ask for it. If you, there's, you can ask for those things. So ask for the deal in the conversation. That's the last step I have, Mark. Well, I think that was a absolutely a good uh, a good endpoint. So I just I thought the one with the discounting was what I would like to, to add to that um, is the way that you presented it, Elias. You keep your integrity. You keep your veil because what you're doing is you're exchange you're 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 changing uh, or swapping value parts. You're not giving a discount, so you're not undervaluing your uh, what what your proposal is, what the the worth of what you are offering them. Absolutely, you're just you're just reshuffling it. Say, okay, you want discount? That's great, but then I want to have either that, what's also a kind of value, or it's you you do it faster, which is also a value. Or you'll take not, something out. Yeah. Or you take something out so that the value always is in balance and you never, ever do yourself uh, a, a bad thing and undervaluing what you are offering because you're worth it. It is about integri integrity, Mark, because, you know, what? how would you feel if you would walk up to a dealership, pay 30,000 euros for a car, and the next one comes up 
and play, pays 25,000, you know, and, you, and you'll find out, right? So you find out this friend tells you, you know, I bought the same car you did and I paid only 25 just for, just by asking, could I get a discount? You know, the, the sales guy at the sales dealership better has some reason to explain to you why he gave 5,000 euros discount to you. You know, it could be because um, he took some options out. It could be because it's a, a customer that was willing to do a, uh, a reference case on the website of the customer. Um, maybe they were paying faster or they didn't have a loan to pay for the car or whatsoever. There needs to be a difference. It needs to be, in, the integrity needs to be there. So in, in balance. So And, it, and, it's, and, and it's, you know, you're making... Uh, it's very unbelievable if you're just giving discounts for nothing. But as I said, I'm not in favor of discounting to get the order faster. You know, that's all American companies and all people, all B2B buyers know that if you want to have a discount, you should sign your software contract against the end of the quarter. Um, and the yeah. only thing they'll throw in there is, yeah, it's it's because it's the end of the quarter. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't buy it anymore. No, I don't get it either. And the last thing, what you said, what I would like to comment on that is um, if you do the process, when you, if you listen to all our episodes and you go through that whole process and you really have the customer as, as the heart of, of your business and you've helped him, of her, of course, and assisted, and you got something that's very worthful because they then asking for the deal is not feeling from that you're asking something that they don't want to you have to be proud to do and say that and 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 most and if you've done everything right they won't think it's a a pushy thing because you have proven that you are the best choice for them to meet their goals so yes of course they want to do the deal so I really say, yes, ask for the deal. Be proud to ask the deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's, so that's, uh, you know, that's my sales tips. If anyone in the audience would like to know more about it, you know, it's, it's our daily business. Just shoot me an email on um, Elias or e.crum at marketingguys.nl. It's in the show notes as well, but I'll be happy to share knowledge there. Maybe we can help you, etc. But you know, it's it's my my sales and marketing is is a passion of mine, of course. So that's why I I, I work with it uh, every day, and I'm I'm happy to share knowledge. Well, Elias, thank you very much for sharing all your insights, and uh, for the listeners, I would say uh, if you haven't done it already, subscribe to the Marketing Technology Podcast and uh, hopefully see you in the next time. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.